Hey everybody, this is Dan, and I have an incredible episode of Save It For The Show today. With me on the line is, is Albie Schur. Uh, Albie, how you doing? All is well, Dan. Such a with you. How's it going, man? It's going good. I I was wondering what I what you like to be referred to, if, if you like to be called Al, or if I should just call you Al B. Al B works just fine for me. <laughs> good. I, I wanted to ask you about your name because there's something to me about it that's incredible. And the fact that you have an exclamation point in it, which I always thought was so cool. What? When you were first coming up, I mean, I get the Al B part for your name and and the sure, I imagined, was sort of a play on, like, I'll be sure in terms of that you're sure. But the exclamation point, to me, is a stroke of genius. What, what made you do that? Well, uh, I appreciate what you're saying, but it's actually a, a very simple. Uh, when it comes to the creation of the name, uh, one of our best friends growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, was a gentleman by the name of... DJ Eddie F. He was the DJ for Heavy D and the Boys and co-founder of Heavy D and the Boys. And we, we, uh, you know, being the best DJ uh, in Mount Vernon at the time, uh, he was doing a party. Of course, we would all participate in terms of, you know, from everything from carrying the equipment to setting up the the records and getting everything ready for the party. But that particular night, I think it was around Halloween and there mm-hmm. was a song by a rapper by the name of Dana Dane. And it was called sure. nightmares. And Eddie would scratch the record, uh, the part of the record where he would said, I said, listen, Dana Dane, I think I have the cure, but I have to hear one more before I'll be sure. So what he would do uh. is he would scratch the record and it would be from the I'll be, but he made the record sound like it was saying I'll be. But then at the end of the night, he kept saying, I'll be sure. So he did it so many times that night that that Monday (laughs) morning, the next Monday morning when we all got to school, people were calling me I'll be sure. And that's really how simple it was. So uh, thanks to Eddie F. Now, the exclamation point came from a young lady who was the assistant to Benny Medina at Warner Brothers. So every time she would send me a memo or send me information from a record company, she would send it to Al B. Shaw and put an exclamation point on it. And it just like it was, uh, it was supposed to fit together. So it wasn't nice. anything about, it wasn't necessarily anything about extra confidence or anything of that nature. <laughs> it was just, it was just more, uh, it just, uh, aesthetically look how it was supposed to, it was supposed to go. So nice. that's about it. When things work out like that, it's cool. It's it's funny too. That's kind of how I became such a fan of yours. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. I was I was at the airport in LAX one day, and you know how airports. It was busy. It was hubbub. It was kind of rush hour time. But all of a sudden, and this is a true story, Night and Day came on your song, which to me, <laughs> I actually I use a snippet of Night and Day as an intro on my song on my show. Night and Day came on, and everyone kind of just cooled out. Like the airport, the the buzz of everyone being frantic and 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 stressed, every it just kind of got kind of quiet, and everyone listened to the song, and I even tweeted about it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, night and day just came on, and the whole airport just started uh, chilling and enjoying it." And I came home. That's truly a blessing. <laughs> no, it, it was cool, and I came home, and you know, I'd, I'd heard your music before, but it's sort of. This is going to sound weird, but that song really resonated with me. I was like, 
I love this song, like this melody. I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. So I came home and I made a Pandora station based on night and day. And my wife and my children will attest to this. I listened to it a lot. And even my, my four-year-old son, for his birthday, my wife gave him like a quiz, like, what are your favorite things? And sure enough, he said his favorite song, Night and Day by Al Bichir, which uh, wow, I thought he'd get a kick wow. out of. That, yeah. that is, uh, that's truly an honor, and uh, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I look at music, and I look at the the journey of music and, and what it's allowed in my life in terms of having a vehicle of expression to express yourself. Sure. I, you know, I'm just one of those guys who are just truly appreciative to have a vehicle of music to express myself, and, and I try to share with the world, and that's why I've you know taken the journey through the music industry that I have in terms of trying to assist other people's careers and, and help them out in terms of, you know, production and everything from introduction to production to uh, allow them to do the same because I truly understand how important and and also that music is a primary common denominator in all of our lives. I mean, it sure. communicates over so many levels, races, religions, uh, creed, color, I mean, everything. And it's something that's, you know, it's pretty unique it has a unique skill set of touching our lives and our souls as if, you know, we had no differences. So that's kind right. of where I, I truly enjoy the gift of music. So, hey, if a four-year-old loves it, <laughs> I love it. You know, if, if a grandmother loves it, I love it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, and I try to make music, you know, I, you know, working with Kyle, you know, Kyle West, of course, uh, and, and, you know, Teddy Riley and, and you know, a number of, of prominent producers you know just I'm, i've always been in the position of being a student and learning as i was going along so that's cool um you know so it's just an appreciation you know of course specifically with a quincy jones right there's not much to say you just be quiet <laughs> listen watch and yeah learn. totally that must have been amazing to work it, with him it's halfway there you know right so. working with him must have been incredible absolutely he's he's he's, he's a brilliant uh, i don't think there are too many words to describe him but is the brilliant uh, genius um, right. philanthropist uh, entrepreneur uh, which covers all genres of entertainment uh, you know film television music yeah you know and and, and you'd, you'd have to be silly not to aspire to be even a quarter of what what he's accomplished over the years and uh, just very proud to be associated with him and proud cool. to uh to really just have, you know, just have him have my back in that in that capacity. That's really cool. No, and the 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 era of music you came from to me, and you know, when when I think of R and B and obviously New Jack Swing and all that, there's something so earnest and and the music was. I mean, not to sound like you know, oh, when back in the day the music was so much better than it is now because it's great now, but especially R and B music in particular to me, the way you guys sang it then there was just something. I jokingly say, like, there's like a yearning. There's more of like a, a a passion about it than you seem to get today. And there's plenty of great artists today. I mean, obviously, like Usher and, and those guys are great. But R&B from your time, just to me, is like the golden era of that, like, 90s New Jack swing. To me, that, know, that really I, resonates. I, Dan, I, Dan, I completely agree with you. And I have to attribute that very specifically to the blueprint that was created before us that we had an opportunity to study because most of the, the cats in my generation, uh, 
you know, including myself, uh, you know, we're studying and listening to on a daily basis, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross, right. you know, Wilson Pickett, um, you know, Donny Hathaway, you know, artists of that nature, so that what we were doing is duplicating a platinum era. You know, we can be the golden era, but they were the platinum era of what sure. real music was all about, instrumentation, um, putting together the, uh, you know, just the progression, the chord progressions of the songs, and, and, and really just honing in on trying to create something that gets into your bloodstream. But what we were doing is we were emulating the greats that were before us. Now, today's music, is almost a second and third generation copy of what we were doing. And don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, I, I love it. I mean, I love it as well because to me, technology, although it has allowed many people into the industry that traditionally wouldn't be in the industry or be, you know, be in the, within the music industry entertainment uh, at this point, but you can't knock it because you can take technology and make it your own and feed your family, then you are the greatest. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like... If you just like anything else, if you figure it out, you know, right. um, and the true talent rises above. I mean, I think of a lot of kids want to get into this game for the wealth and fame of it. You know, that is a, a shot in a million. It's the people who have real talent are the ones that actually make it to the top and the, and the work ethic. I mean, gosh, if, if you don't have the work ethic, you're not going to make it in, in any industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm you know, like I said, I've, I've been, I've never removed myself from the grateful position mm -hmm. of being grateful and uh, and having that. And just imagine being this kid in Mount Vernon rushing home from school to get to the basement and, you know, get on the keyboards and write some songs with, with my cousin. Uh, and, uh, and then all of a sudden I find myself in Japan in front of 10,000 Japanese citizens singing <laughs> the songs that I just wrote on the back of my notebook, wow. you know, la last year. So, you know, and then sitting in my room, playing a a vinyl, you know, play on the record player and, and listening to the new edition songs and, and and then trying to do the steps or the Michael Jackson songs and trying to do the steps that I saw sure. you know, on a video music you know, video soul or something, a video music box. Right. And, you know, it was you know, it's a dream, but if you truly immerse yourself in your dreams, um, that's where the Michael Jordans are created. Right. That's where the Jay Z's are created. That's where the Beyonces are created. That's where you know, and whatever level you decide to take it to, that's really up to you. But right. at the end of the day, it's it's you know, I've had a great run in terms of you know being out in front, but I've also had an opportunity to uh, you know follow in what I would say Quincy Jones' footsteps, where I was able to touch each part of the industry in terms of being an artist, being a producer, being a writer, uh, doing radio, syndicated radio all over the world. We were in 170 countries via the Armed Forces Network. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being at you know some of the major companies they're doing syndicated radio for over a decade um, and falling in love with that as well in terms of being able to have a voice and, sure. and, and being able to reach out to people all over the planet. Definitely. Well, that's, that's the beauty of music. I mean, I, I read something funny the other day where most people's favorite music is the music they liked when they were 17, 18, 19. And that's for the rest of their life. I mean, that's if you liked classic rock, then you love oh, it for absolutely. the rest of your life. It's, it's sort of those things because it, it signifies a time in your life. And to me, that's something that's... Speaking of signifying a time in your life, I mean, that Night and Day video to me is like, 
a time capsule for these amazing videos. I mean, from the outfit you're, the clothes you're wearing, like you know, the jean jacket, yeah, the, the jeans. Yeah, the, the, the it's trend, amazing. You know, you're, you're correct. No, it's, it's I, I when I, we would we saw it the other day, and it just it pops on at random. I guess it's still one of the most played songs in radio and pop culture. And it's awesome. You know, and, and not that I'm surprised. I mean, you no, know, listen, I, I love that song. <laughs> Right, when you look at the statements from, you know, the, the organizations that monitor, you know, the airplay and so on and so forth, and when I look at that particular song and see the number of countries and, and the continents that this song plays in, it's, it's truly a blessing. And it's like, that's when you, you realize, wow, music has a life of its own. It's a vehicle sure that really can go far beyond, you know, I'll never be, maybe I'll never be in the backwoods of, you know, India somewhere, you know, and realize that, this young person was influenced by hearing that particular song, but it's playing on the radio there, or it's playing right. on the radio, you know, and, and it's attributed to, of course, just being focused on, you know, my genre of music is more like love songs and things of that nature, so it's not necessarily offensive music, right. what have you. Um, you know, we, we stretch it out here and there, but, you know, and you have pretty suggestive stuff because it's more geared towards adults, but sure. we like to phrase, we like to coin the phrase, uh, you know, with Teddy Riley, of course, being the inventor and creator of New Jack Swing, Kyle and I like to call it um, uh, adult contemporary hip hop. Nice. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. I, I wanted to ask you about something to me, which I think is amazing. Back in the day, you had a 900 number, which I think is is brilliant because, you know, now it's very accessible. You have a Facebook, you, you had a MySpace, you have a website, you tweet, you do that all this. That was our version of social media, Dan. Exactly. That, 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 that was that, your that, social that media. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I would love to have a recording of that. Like, you know, I, I just imagine you in a studio somewhere and you're recording these like drops for, for men and women to call in and hear it and they're paying a dollar a minute. And, and it was super popular. I, I read that it was only second to New Kids on the Block, which... You know, I mean, New Kids on the Block at that time was, you know, a, a, a force to be reckoned with. But it oh, was absolutely. amazing. To that was the, orig the original NSYNC and everything else like right. that. Right. I mean, coming up, it was, you know, Al B. Shore, Bobby Brown, New Kids on the Block. Um, right. In fact, we, we did uh, together, we did a, uh, Oprah for the first time, all of us. And uh, oh, wow. you know, talking about the phenomenon from pop culture and the music. You know, as I said, it was... Again, it, it's, you know, I look at it all the same way, that it's just truly a blessing to be able to be a part of that era. And with mm -hmm. the 900 numbers and those things, that was kind of, like I said, that was our version of Twitter and Facebook and right. things of that nature because the kids would rush home. i tell you a funny story. Uh, kids would rush home to, uh, you know, because it was in all the, you know, the, the advertiser not only played on television after school every day, but it also was in all of the... Um, and the magazines, the write-on, sure. the Blackbeat, the pop culture magazines, all those, you know, when, when we did the covers to those magazines, and it was amazing because of, uh, you know, just the response. And the funny part about it is, even till this day, when I'm touring, you traditionally, you know, we tour all around the country on the weekends in different cities, and it has to be every, every other city that I've gone to, someone has... Uh, kept the old phone bill, and I, and I remember hearing, you know, a few people say, "Oh man, my grandmother gave me a spanking because I ran up the phone bill to a thousand dollars calling the <laughs> nine hundred number." 
That's you know, funny. There's funny stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just amazing just to see that how many people, you know, but it just shows you what media can do with a vehicle, right. like, you know, music or avatar or product. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sound too technical, but a product that, that's broadcast to millions and millions of people, um, you know, and depending on the medium that it's, it's broadcast from, could really just be effective. And, I, you know, I didn't know that much about the business part of it back then, but I know I made somebody a heck of a lot of money with oh, those sure. phone calls. <laughs> yeah, really. Back well, then, you know, so. There was, there was so, a mystery back then. I mean, artists weren't as accessible as they are now and and maybe even they're too accessible now but back then you had a fan club i mean that 900 number was kind of the only way some people would ever get to interact with you if they couldn't see you in a show so it was i'm sure very right right what we did was um on a weekly basis i would go in and pre-record um messages you know maybe 100 messages so that it would rotate uh, so when they would call into the 900 number, they would hear something else, some other tidbit or fact about, you know, the music, myself. Where are those? Or, you you got to find those and put those out. Yeah, you know something. what? I I got to see if I can find those because those are pretty interesting. But you know, they give me a and say, hey, it's Al B. Shore, and I'm at the, I'll be at the Tower Records in Chicago or, you know, in Mount Vernon on Thursday at the so-and-so, you know. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was interesting, but... But it was such a great vehicle, and it would be thousands of people that would show up. Wow. And it was like one phone call. But now, of course, you know, you press click, and you have Twitter, and you have millions of people. Right. Some, something else I wanted to ask you about that I read that was super interesting to me was you did a TV show with Martin Lawrence. You know what we did? That was actually a screen test um, directed by the late... George Jackson, um, God rest his soul, he was an amazing director, um, also with Stan Latham, mm. um, and, you know, of course, you know, gone on to do everything from the Cosby show to some of the most significant pop culture shows in, in the world on television. It was, it was a great opportunity. So I played, you know, we played uh, cousins that were trying to make it, you know, make it out of the community to be these big stars and, <laughs> and travel the world and so on and so forth. And, you know, yeah. but it was really it was a, it was a great concept. Um, it was called Private Times and the Whole Nine. In fact, uh, I'll be uh, posting that at albishore.net very soon because we found some of the footage from that. Oh, um, nice. It was really interesting. It basically, was just a screen test for Warner Brothers. You know, it was just kind of my debut screen test, and it was very it was a pleasure working with Martin. Let me tell you something. Martin Lawrence is one of the the geniuses of his craft. Oh, um, for sure. And it was great. You know, him even hanging out when I was working, you know, producing Jodeci's first album, you know, he was hanging out in the studio and, you know, out in L.A. And, you know, just, it was just, it was a great person to be around, but he was somebody who was just so serious about his craft and, and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So it was always interesting to be around people like, you know, Martin Lawrence and, uh, you know, of course, Chris Rock. Sure. Which um, Chris, Chris was a very dear friend. And also he, you know, we gave Chris, it's funny, I would like to say we gave Chris his first job because he opened up my tour so every time we were out on the road Chris really? opened up the show and I mean he was just absolutely brilliant he's just one yeah. of those guys who had it you can just tell you see the guy and you know he has it and uh, it was it was a blessing working with him as well just especially to see where he's taken his career and he's you know probably the number one guy in the world you know between he Jamie Foxx and uh, you know Eddie Murphy and people of that nature I mean he's sure. taken himself to the level of a Richard Pryor um, 
No, he's he's absolutely incredible. And, and right after that show is when he started doing Martin himself. And you know, <laughs> let, let's say maybe he wouldn't have gotten to that without that screen test uh, with you. Well, you know what? <laughs> I think that you know what, but you know what? I, I look at it like this: every opportunity happens for a reason, and sure. I, I definitely couldn't take credit in any way, shape, or form for Martin. But I'm telling you this much: oh no yes. Directed, those directors saw his talent, sure, and everybody on that set saw his talent, and he did that on his own. In fact, he was helping me, you know, because I was a little nervous, you know, trying to do the acting thing sure. uh, at the onset. <laughs> and he, you know, he kind of he took the lead and kind of kept pushing me into the into the uh, to the scene, which was perfect. And uh, and it, and it, but it allowed me to be myself and kind of relax and just and he just kind of took the. It was just it was really interesting. So I look forward to actually launching some of that that footage and. Uh, and yeah, people see how it looked back in the day. I think that would be cool. Well, listen, uh, this has been amazing. Like I, um, we're, we're totally riffing here. I, I feel like uh, we could be chatting forever. I don't want to steal all your morning. Let me ask you a silly question. Today's Halloween. Okay. Which is cool. What is Albuquerque going as for Halloween? If anything, um, you better say something. Well, I don't really celebrate Halloween, uh, but if I would dress up for Halloween. Um, I guess <laughs> I put you on the spot. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, you know, I'm. I think I dress up as L. Hud from UNLV. Oh, he's that's right. He was, he, was, he was the original. He was the original LeBron James. You know, he used to fly through the air and there's no look passes back in the day. And you know, for UNLV, and you know, and he's six foot nine with a size eighteen shoe. So I'm yeah. gonna have to find this real big costume. Well, you do you live in Las Vegas and, now? Yeah, and he's like a big brother to me, so I love it. That's my dude. <laughs> you know, I um, I was born and raised in Las Vegas, believe it or not. Oh, really? And yeah, oh. so I, you know, I wanted to ask you about that. I I loved it there, and but I I couldn't imagine living there now because to me, there's there's something missing from that town in terms of like a heart and a, and a bit of a culture. And you, well, that, that that that's why that's why I'm there to bring to bring some heart and culture to the city. But it's it's rich that Las Vegas is rich in culture. It's just you have to know where to find it and True. you have to align yourself right. But it's it's really it's it's, a, it's an amazing city. It really is. No, it is. And my family still is there and, and, and my wife's family. So I'm there quite often. But something about that town, which is which is I think I attribute to the drivers there. It's probably the worst drivers in the world. And I think it's because everyone is sort of angry. You know, the town is built on like people losing money and all that, and I think it sort of permeates no, the, the no, airwaves no, a little bit. Actually, actually, the the town is 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 filled with, filled with uh, people visiting from other places. So That's true. you can't say it about Las Vegas. That's Vegas true. is absolutely amazing, and it's a lovely place. And uh, I, I really love it there. I love the people there. Yeah, so I got to jump off right now. I'm gonna no, listen, this has been great. Dan, I appreciate it. Pleasure my friend and uh please reach out to to, uh to lauren and tony and let them know when when you're gonna post it and you know so we go edit it up whatever you're gonna do and uh and we'll uh we'll definitely speak again soon man it's been a pleasure my friend i will this was fun thanks a lot alvi okay dan peace and blessings to your family all right you too take care wow i'll be sure Big shout out to you, my friend. Thank you. Friend, right? I That felt like I was my, my friend on there. Uh, am I going to be that way now? Every time I interview somebody I don't know, I'll I'll get off with them and I'll, I'll consider them a friend. I'm going to call them after this and, I don't know, ask them for advice on, on love and like something I would ask a friend for, fantasy football advice. Anyways, 
Big shout out. Thank you so much for coming on the show and celebrating my 20th episode. Gosh, it's it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. I've done 20 of these. And, you know, it's funny that I used his song as my intro. And for my 20th to have him on, I think is, is pretty symbolic and, and pretty rad. So big thanks to him. Big thanks to you for listening. Save it for the show. This is Dan, episode 20. Take care. Bye-bye.